0: Back to the show, Fire Starters. I have an incredible friend to introduce to you. This is Emily Turner, and we're going to jump right into it. Emily, I would love to know um, just when I met you. First of all, um, your cousin, right? Is she your cousin?
1: It's actually my aunt.
0: Aunt. Okay. Okay. We're older than we think. I'm like, <laughs> y'all are contemporaries. No, your aunt introduced me um, to you and said, "You've got to meet her. She is incredible." And she's doing something very, very special. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to share that with our listeners and just kind of tell them what what is this thing that you're doing?
1: Yeah. Um, So I, just this past year in August, my mom and I opened up a school and it's actually in our home. We converted our garage into a classroom and um, yeah, opened up, it's called the 514 house. And we just felt God's call to really invest in this generation. And um, we wanted to give them just a good foundation, not only academically, but to know God's word and to know their identity in Christ.
0: Um, I'm getting chills already. Okay. So having been a teacher, I taught for 20 years in public education. And so I know the system is broken. It is. I mean, that's just the truth of it. And um, teachers are the ones who are working really tirelessly to fill gaps, um, meet children where they're at, not only provide that academic support, but also just that social, social, emotional support as well in a world that is so, so chaotic. And it's, it's hard when you're part of the machine, first of all, that's one aspect of it, but also not having the freedom to talk about your faith mm-hmm. and where our peace really comes from. I mean, that is the center of everything else, the fulcrum, so to speak. And so if you take that out, It's very hard to truly, truly teach balance, peace, joy, the fruits of the spirit, right? So I love this. Okay, so I know what it's like to step away from the classroom. Where were you before or what were you doing before you took this on?
1: So um, I graduated and then came back to like my hometown. I live like in the Waco area. And so I taught in public school for a year and honestly was not looking to leave there. But then um, a friend of mine shared, it was actually like a partner teacher at the time, and she was like, hey, you should check out this private school that's local. And I had never heard of it. So I went there for three years and I had a public education background. So I always felt like, okay, God's gonna like keep me in public education. Like that's where the mission field is. Yes. like, absolutely, you you know, that is living your life on mission. Um, and we need great public school teachers. Um, but going to a private school where I was able to share my faith and I was seeing students memorize scripture and recite it and, and know what it meant and how to apply it to their lives. Um, I just like uh, that. Mm-hmm. And so and God was just like, OK, something it's time for a new season and time for you to really like, you know, get out of the boat, if you will. Um, and so, yeah, that I wasn't again, looking to really leave. I was really happy and comfortable and, um, but I knew that God was calling me to do something new. And so I had to distrust him with that.
0: Okay. So that makes me ask the question, like when, was there a moment, like a, just like a moment where you heard or felt or knew he was calling you out? Kind of take us to that moment.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I don't have like necessarily a specific moment um, from a really, really young age. I felt called to education to be a teacher um, and I always joke like I've, I have educators in my family. And so like a grandma that she taught for 45 plus years and an aunt who was a counselor, another grandparent, it was an education. And so I feel like maybe, I don't know, this is kind of like a legacy thing, but then um, truly felt that call and even had people who were like, I don't want you to go into education. Like, like you said, the system's broken and it's not going to be what you think it is. And I was like, okay, but God's calling me to it. And so mm-hmm. um, I always knew like that was the path that I was supposed to follow. Um, and as a as a young girl, I had the dream of like opening up my own school. Um, I, at that time, I don't know that it was like, that's for sure going to happen, but I just said it, and um, and then a couple years ago, really with 2020, that's when I started thinking through, like, that's actually a possibility. I could um, open a school, and it could be something where I'm not just focusing on academics. I'm also able to teach students what the Word of God says, and, um, and so just kind of started thinking on it, praying through it, but wasn't sure quite yet, and honestly thought, oh, that's probably, like, God's soon. And, uh, but I will say, uh, January of last year or of this year, so of 2023, my mom and I had been talking about it and we were sitting at the dinner table one night and she kind of was like, have you like, I mean, if not now, then when? And, uh, I'm like, okay, well, I let's start praying about it and even seeing, you know, what, what does that actually take? Because. I've never done anything like that. Um, I didn't go to be, you know, go to school to be a businesswoman. Um, I went to be a teacher and <laughs> so like, what does it look like to open up a business and how to get our home ready and all of those things. And so um, I guess January would be like when I, we actually made the decision to say yes um, and kind of just walking from there.
0: Oh my gosh, okay. So there, there had to be times, there probably still are times, because this is fresh. This is 2023. We're still in it. Yes. We're only a few months into school.
1: Yep.
0: Well, before I ask that, I want to know the meaning of the name of your school.
1: Yeah. Yes. Okay. So um, we actually, when we were dreaming about names and just praying through that, like we wanted it to be meaningful, obviously. Um, and the word light just kept coming to mind, and so originally we were like, "Okay, we'll go with the lighthouse," which, if you you know, that's a really common ministry name, and so that name was taken. <laughs> we tried to get it, and I was I was kind of I was really sad about it actually. Um, but then my mom, the scripture we were wanting to base everything off of was Matthew five fourteen that we are called to be the light of the world. Um, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. And so she just one day we were thinking about it and she's like, okay, we can't have the lighthouse, but what about the 514 house? And I love that. And um, it's something, you know, people can ask questions and
0: um, mm-hmm. it's
1: just different. And so I think that that was just a God thing too. He you knew um, it wouldn't be exactly what, you know, what we had in mind, but it was perfect. I absolutely love it. <laughs>
0: It's like his it, that's the way the Lord works too. Like we yes. have these desires in our heart. Obviously, this has been a desire since you were young. Yes, which I think that's kind of a clue. I hear that when people step out in faith, yeah. a lot of times there is this from a young age, this knowing of something here. There's not necessarily clarity, but there's something there. Mm-hmm. And then as we grow, we begin to get an idea of what it could look like, our idea of it. but the Lord is always like, it's mine actually. I already have a name, Yes,
1: absolutely. <laughs> you know? Yep.
0: And so I love, I absolutely love that name and it is very catchy. And as soon as you said it, I, I immediately was curious, like, Oh, <laughs> where did they get that? What does that mean? I thought of scripture. It has to be scripture. Yes. So yes. I love that. Okay. So you took this leap. Tell me about, you had to have fears that you had to overcome, especially since you're leaving this private school that you love. Mm-hmm this place of comfort and knowing, I feel like we're comfortable when we're um, in a familiar setting and we feel successful. Yeah. So you had that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Tell me what fears did you need to overcome?
1: Yeah. Um, definitely this, in leaving the familiar, um, as I think we all do, we, we like feeling comfortable and change is scary. And so, I definitely had to overcome the fear of just leaving something that I knew for something that was kind of unknown and really not promised. Um like you know, we can step out and and trust God in things, but it doesn't mean that it's like financially going to go exactly the way we want it to. Um and I think that was honestly the biggest thing, which obviously, you know, you look back and I, and I don't know. I just feel like in, in the, any moment where I've had to step out like that, um, I've had to depend more on the Lord, which is always a good thing. It just doesn't feel good in the moment. And, uh, but it's always when we grow in our faith the most. And I had one specific, um, I would call her like a mentor in my life. And it was the weekend that I, I that next Monday, I was going to have to tell my previous um, employer that I would be, stepping down and taking this leap and um i was just distraught like i was crying and i was excited about something new but then oh my goodness am i making a mistake am i hearing the lord right
0: um, mm-hmm. it's
1: what if it does what if it fails like what if it doesn't go well and like i have to have a job um, i called her and i was just i just told her what was going on and just kind of it was like an internal wrestling or like tension um, and she ended up telling me, it was not necessarily something profound, but she, she said, Emily, are you okay with, you know, you have to work at Walmart to make ends meet. And I was like, I don't want to work at Walmart, you know? <laughs> and, and um, so I can say God did not make me work at Walmart, but, um, did I have to, um, just be open to other opportunities for to financially like make it if you will and you know i did i had to just trust him with that but oh my goodness he was so faithful to even provide a that like bringing people to me to offer me positions where i could make it work and um like making the schedule work out it was just the craziest thing um but really her encouragement for me was just are you okay if yeah this doesn't It's not exactly what you want it to be right now, but you trust him. And she's like, I feel like if you just will take the leap, trust him right now, he's going to meet you there. He's like, he's, he's a faithful father. And, um, and so I chose to, to do that. And that Monday I had to make the call and it was still hard because again, love those people, but, um, they were also so kind.
0: I, I absolutely love that. And you're so right. It, the road is not easy. And it is a leap. I mean, you don't know. I mean, he, you, he's calling you forward. I have a mentor in my life, strong mentor. And she, she said a few things. One thing she's told me is he won't reveal the second step until you've been obedient with the first step. And so there, this, this, there is this blind, like you step without seeing what's next. And every step almost has to be that way. Yes. What are some other challenges that you've had along the way taking this path less chosen?
1: Yeah, I think also just the, um, the part of like coming from education and there's, I feel like there's kind of a specific mindset that most um, would say is the right way to do things or mm-hmm. you all, really there's a plethora of things that you can choose from, you know, especially when it comes with curriculum. And so, you know, which direction should you go? How do I make sure that I'm not failing my students and I'm giving them everything they need? Because now I feel like I'm kind of on my own, um, where, you know, before I was in a school where there's multiple teachers, you're working together, you're lesson planning together. And so what does that look like? How do I make sure? How do I make sure that I'm doing all the things? And um, I had, I can't even remember right now exactly who it was, but. Oh, um, I had, she was just a family friend that is also an educator and she just told me, you know, choose what you feel is right and then be confident in that. And don't like, don't waver because everyone's going to have opinions about what you're doing and you just have to be confident and solid in that you're doing the absolute best you can and God will glorify it. They're like, honor that. Um, and God will be glorified through it. And so um, that's what I had to do with that as well. And, uh, but it is a challenge, I think of just, just kind of worry about what others will think and how you're going to be perceived. And, um, like, are you a real educators and you're doing it in your home and just different things like that. So.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I, I love that you brought up two mentors so far that have spoken some wisdom into you. How big of a deal are mentors in this process,
1: um, I think they're a big deal because, um, you just need, it's really, I think more about just community, sure. having people that can speak into things, especially something like this. Um, I think you have to be careful with who you share your big, your, your, your God dreams with, yeah. um, because there have definitely been people who I would say are more dream squashers and. You need people who are going to keep you grounded, like to think through things that logistically, is this going to work or make sense or what you need to um, make sure things are in place. But um, I also think you just need, you need those people who know, um, they know you, like they knew that I was seeking the Lord's will in this. I wasn't just like, oh, this sounds like a fun idea. I'm going to run with it. Um, Right. But they also encouraged me and reminded me that it would be hard, but that it would be worth it if I followed God's call. Um, so yes, because I think we just all have those moments when you're, when you're going to step out in faith to do something, you're going to have moments where you, you feel like you're failing. You feel like you're, you know, not giving enough or the plan's not working, or maybe you didn't hear right. And so you need those people to remind you.
0: That is so good. Everybody needs to like rewind that the last minute and a half right there and just listen to it on repeat because there is so much wisdom in that. You are going to feel those moments of doubt and, and there are going to be dream squashers along the way. Have you read the book, The Dream Giver? I will mail it to you. I will mail it to you. I I believe everyone needs that book in their life. A mentor gave it to me and it, yes, revolutionized my journey experience we'll say yes, yes. <laughs> yeah mentors and community being surrounded by like-minded people because it is a different path people will have opinions and they're not just people who you don't know or are outliers sometimes there are people who are very close to you and they love you and they care about you and they're just scared right yeah I remember when I stepped away from teaching my dad was like and I'm you know 40 years old at the time I've taught for 20 years but even then, he's like, is that smart? What about retirement, insurance? These are things you've got to think about. And that can get in your head. And there's, there's this, you know, biblically, there's this wrestling between being wise and not being a fool. Yes. But also being obedient and trusting the Lord and stepping out of the boat, like you mentioned. Yeah, that's so good. So good. So how have your family and friends reacted to your decision? Your mom obviously is right there with you
1: yes yeah but you had
0: fellow teaching friends too so
1: yes i do um so yes definitely with family i feel like they were all very supportive um specifically my parents like i said so i still live with my parents and so it's their home that they allowed like me to to start the school in and uh, so we, like I said earlier, I think, but we transformed the garage into involved in that and taking like, the garage door off and building a wall and building us a closet and doing the floor. And so thankful for someone who's really handy and knows about yes. Um And then, like I said, my mom, she's literally my biggest cheerleader. She's always been one that just will encourage me to dream big. And follow God's plan and trust him in that. And so, so thankful for her to be on this journey with me. Um, I would say, honestly, the the ones that were closest to me um, were supportive and encouraging. I think that if it if it didn't come off as encouraging, like you said, it was more just out of fear of like, are you sure you know what you're doing? Because i to make sure that you're taken care of. Um, and it came more from like family friends who I knew they meant well and so I just always had to you know ask the Lord call me I don't want to become bitter or like feel that everyone's against me or anything like that but just to know okay let me take what they've said is there any truth in that and then okay if there is then I need to to wrestle with it a little bit and if not Okay, it's all right. They meant well. I know that they love us, and
0: it's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's so good too. Being able to filter that. Have there been times recently? I mean, you're you started in August. Yes. And it's November now, so we're talking four months of teaching. Had there been times in that four months where you've doubted?
1: Yeah. For sure. So, um, I would say mainly on the hard days because obviously they're going to come. Like you said, just because we decide to follow God's plan or calling, it doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. In fact, mm-hmm. I think it's normally the opposite. Um, even Like I can even say just this week, we just had a day that was really hard. And, um, you know, our students, just because we're at a private Christian school, it doesn't mean that they are sinless. Um, they are, you know, so we have all fallen short. And so... Um, we had a really, really tough day and I was just like, I I kind of took it on that. It was, you know, I don't know. I just kind of took it on myself that I had failed in some way and Mm -hmm. that I wasn't giving everything that they needed and just kind of started this, you know, kind of like a pity party a little bit for myself. And, um, later on that, that night though, I felt like the Lord just kind of he always he shows me a lot of things through our students and um, he has in the past too but specifically with this instance um, one of our kiddos was just not acting themselves and I just felt like the Lord was like that's kind of how you are sometimes and how I see you and that we might be you know frustrated with God because things aren't going the way we want them to, or, um, or we, we take that on. Like you feel like a failure. And then he's looking at us. He's like, man, but I know the real you, cause I created you. And that's not who you really are. You may have those thoughts, you may have those feelings, but that's not who you really are. And, um, mm. and so it's just good. Like, he's just so kind to remind us in the hard moments, like they're still good. Um, and, you know, I, it's not gonna be perfect, and um, I think the main thing: our eyes on him, and know, yeah. like, man, I I'm not enough to do all the things. Like, I have to have um, God's strength. I have to have His grace. Um, I've got to be able to show up each day and and reflect His mercy to these students. Because, man, like, we're gonna have days where we just we're not all getting along or whatever it is, and it's just forgiveness and. All the things, um, and so, yes, there are days that are that are hard, and I doubt. But then God's just like, "Hey, here's here's this. I want to remind you, it's good. You're you're where you need to be. Um, keep trusting."
0: That's so good. He is such a good, good father. You said that earlier. What about this is something I battle with? How do you decipher or, or discern? God's voice from your own, I say my own willfulness. How do you discern that?
1: Yeah, I think um, first it's, you know, is this rooted in truth? Is is this rooted in scripture? Um, I think that's always the first question. And then I think second, it's just, am I spending time trying to actually hear his voice or am I just, I'm hearing what I want to hear. Um, mm. I think that's what I've learned over the years is just I've got, I have to get still and I will be the first to say I'm.
0: That is so true. You, man, we're, we're similar. Maybe it's a teacher thing. I don't know. I'm a doer and I love to maximize my time and, but can really get wrapped up in striving, which is I think the opposite to surrender really just continually picking up the pieces myself again so i love what you shared about being still that's hard yes. but it is really the only time you can truly hear him yes. and it's needed so i think for me maybe i'd love to know what you think being on this path where you step away from security traditionalism and um, and you step out in faith where you don't see the the end right yes. if i stayed in public education. I know how that ends. 35 years of teaching, retirement, flowers on my desk, maybe some Skittles, you know, or, you know I know how that ends and I know what my retirement looks like. This, I don't know. I, tomorrow, you know, um, and I think it's it's so tempting to want to work that out yourself or manipulate it so that you can see it. But when, you've, when you stepped out on the water, you're in his environment. You have chosen to leave your environment and you are in his environment and you are so um, under his rules. I mean, we all are, but it's like even more so. So I have found for me, there will be a moment where I, I'm busy, I've been busy, haven't taken the time to listen, but that doesn't last very long because I will find myself on my knees like that. Because out here, on the water, it is a daily bread. Yeah. It really is. Do you find that to be true for yourself?
1: Absolutely. Um, it's really easy for me to to notice when I have not taken the time. Um, definitely less gracious with myself, with others. Um, I feel just more exhausted. Um, mm. Because I because I think like you said it's it's it becomes a striving and it's everything is a checklist item instead of it being, no, I just wanna be in your will and like doing the work that you have for me. Um, mm. so yes, I think for sure. Um, it always just brings me back to, man, I've gotta prioritize that or I'm I'm not going to be able to Yeah. That makes me wonder how do you
0: especially since you live there, where this, where your school is. Yeah. How do you balance work and personal life, downtime? How do you balance it?
1: Yeah, um, I kind of from the beginning promised myself that like when work is done, like you walk out the door of the classroom, it needs to be done. I will say I've broken that a couple of times. <laughs> but for the most part, I have tried to like if I'm in the classroom, that's where you work. But as soon as you walk through that door and you turn the lights off, you're at home and you're, you're done with work. Um, so that's something I think it's more than a discipline because it it is hard. Like it, like I said, I really am one that I could try to do all the things in a day or in a week, whatever, like as fast as I can possibly crank it out, I will do that. Um, but that's not always the best way to do it. And I feel like, I also the the private school that I came from previous to 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 doing this. I learned a lot from the people that I worked with there. They were very um, just family minded, and they told us like, don't have your email on your phone, and when you're done, like, go home, enjoy your family. Work will be here when you get back. And true, yeah, like just setting those um, boundaries early and. And, and I just got to see them walk that out. Like our administrators were doing that. And I, was, I, I just realized, man, I need to start those disciplines now because- mm-hmm. your- That's
0: so good. And that's a, it's almost an unfair question to ask a teacher. How do you balance? Because culturally there is no balance for teachers. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. one and the same. Yes. And I love that the private school you came from modeled yes. um, really honoring God's system in his way that he comes first, our family is who, who we need to serve first. And then there's work after that and to shut it off because a teacher's job is never done.
1: Yes. It's
0: always something that you can do. There's always data that you could, um, manipulate and look at to inform your lesson planning. And then there's just the simple tasks of lamination and cutting out that, you know, there's deep to transactional and it's constant. You can always be digging into it. I like to say that, um, balance isn't re, re like a reality in this world on this side of heaven, but calibration is like just that awareness. And you have that, you very much have that awareness, which is so good. I think I spent seven years. I remember when my husband and I were engaged, mm-hmm. I would get to school at five 30 in the morning and leave at seven 30 at night. And he actually asked me like, is when will this stop? And I was like, well, I'm in my seventh year of teaching. It hasn't stopped yet. But now that you asked that question, maybe I should think about that. <laughs>
1: you know? Yeah, that was and that's, my first year was like that too. And you're putting in 12 plus hour days, five mm-hmm. week, if not more, because there were definitely weekends that I went up because I needed to get ahead. And um, like you said, the job's never done. And so, yeah, we, you have to, you have to but the, the boundary. And again, like just protect that space because I know for sure that that year I was not, I was not my best self for my family. And that's just (laughs) not good. So
0: (laughs) that is a real thing. Teachers, we feel you have there been, I, I have a theory. I have a theory that when you step out of the boat, I really like that because that resonates with me because I feel like that's what I did. He called me out on the water and I was like, I'm just going to look at you the whole time because I can't even handle yes. like you got me, right? You got me. Yeah. Um, but I feel like in my 20 years as an educator and bear in mind, my background is I am a huge growth mindset person, read professional development, always thinking, Lord, I know that you, you have made me to be or become this full knit, full version of myself mm-hmm. And when I die, I want to be as close to that version that you intended me to be as possible. So that's my mindset in everything I do. So I was growing as an educator, just because as a teacher, you're like in the battlefield, you grow up real fast. Uh,
1: I would say, so a quote just came to mind um, that I I think a pastor said, but it's if dependence is the goal, then weakness is the advantage. And I think that's Mm -hmm. been one of the biggest takeaways is you, like, I I have to be in constant dependence on the Lord. Um, I can't depend on myself. I can't put expectations on others. Um, because it will, that will always end up crumbling, but he doesn't like, if I depend on the Lord and just trust him and his timing, um, and his provision and his faithfulness, he's going to show up every time. And again, it may not look like the way I wanted it to or the way I mm-hmm. expected it to. Um, but it is, it's is—it's going to be good. And so I would say that's the biggest thing because it's, it's constantly um, just one of those things. Even now, we're, we're already in a season, like I know we're only four months in, but I'm starting to have interest meetings for the next year because now we're established. And so we're trying to get ahead of the game instead of feeling mm-hmm. like we're behind this year. And um, and even in that, there's been a little bit of fear of, OK, Lord, like I need the numbers to be there. I need, um, you know, cert- I want to have families who, you know, are looking for this type of education and have the same vision and all of those things. And so it's a constant just dependence on him. OK, like I, I can't make people come here like I'm going right. to trust him with that. Um, I can't. Worry about um, financially where we're going to be next year because I I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow or next month or next school year and I just have to trust him and I you know I I do feel like I have a deepest faithfulness this year of, I mean I've seen it before that but specifically in this. Of how he did um, just provide opportunities. Okay, well, why would I question that he can't do that again, you know, in 2024? Um, he's the same God. And so I'd say, honestly, I think it's just been that over and over again. If Emily, continue to depend on me. I've got you. I'm going to, you know, see you through. And so uh, that's been the biggest takeaway.
0: I, that is that is so true, and I love what you shared. That you heard from the pastor. It's it's interesting in my faith walk. Getting, I felt like when my when my faith started, it was like, okay, I'm just trying to figure out like, what is this? What does the Bible say? That's where I started, sure. and you know, of course, my faith grew. My understanding of who God is. I read the Bible. I know Scripture. Um, I know what it says but there is a difference when you give him an opportunity to show you that he is faithful. When you trust, when you say, I don't know what the next semester the next school year is going to bring and if the numbers will work out Um, and it's not your work. You can't do that. You can, there's only so many action steps you can do to get the word out, let people know word of mouth referrals. Mm -hmm. But in the end, it's their decision and it's God's work in their life and what he's orchestrating. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, but he is a good father. He will show up because he's called you to this Mm -hmm. and they will be there. I know this because I've spoken to enough women and I've lived it in my own life to know that, that he will, um, give and give abundantly, Mm -hmm. but without that step of faith, You never get to learn that. We were actually last night, I I helped with our youth at at, um, church and we were in the book of Daniel chapter three and um, our youth uh, pastor was talking about, you know, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego had to walk into the fire. The Lord did not like um, save them from that experience, so to speak. I mean, you can imagine being bound like we're walking toward the flames. The soldiers holding you are igniting because it's so hot. They're burning next to you. He didn't save them from that experience, Um, but he was with them. And because he allowed them to go in that fire, what did it teach them about who their God was? That, yes, he is who he says he is. And then not only did it witness to their own faith, it witnessed to King of Babylon and his entire empire. So I love that you talk about that dependency even in the hard, but knowing that it's not going to be from you Mm -hmm. and it's that continual surrender. He's going to answer and it will probably be uncomfortable as you wait, (laughs) but your faithfulness happens in the waiting Mm -hmm. and that maturity happens in the waiting. If you could go back and talk to your former, let's say two years ago, What would you say to, you go into her classroom, she's sitting at her teacher table and she's at a great private school, but there's, she shares with you, like, I have something on my heart that I feel like the Lord is calling me to, but I've got it really good here and it's safe. What would you, what advice would you give her?
1: Um, It really just ties back into that piece of, you know, that the character of God doesn't change he's been faithful and so trust him with each step like whatever that looks like just continue to follow him keep your eyes fixed on him Mm -hmm. and trust the process um i loved i think you said this earlier of how he you know he'll show us one step at a time um and i had this one time where um my dad and i had built like this weight set together And that's not something that's like I'm super gifted in, by the way, of like putting things together that have a lot of little parts. (laughs) Um, But this weight set just had so many different like screws and like washers and they went all different places. And it's this big contraption and I'm helping him with it, trying to figure it out. And I remember with the instruction manual, it shows you, you know, one or two steps at a time to complete. And so we did that and we finished it and it's still standing today. So we obviously did a decent job. And um, But I remember flipping to the, the last page of the manual and it showed this huge picture of all of the screws and washers and all the other little things that you use and where they go. And I I was like, I would have been so overwhelmed if I had seen that picture first. I wouldn't so know part. And I just was reminded, like, oh, my gosh, that's the way, like, the Lord, like, that's how he is in our lives. He gives us one step at a time because he's like, hey, I know how you are as a human. You can't handle the really big picture, but I've got it if you'll just trust me with one step at a time. And so, um, yeah, that's what I would encourage her with because that's that's really it. That's life, like, just trusting him (laughs) one step at a time. That is so good.
0: And what a great picture. I can almost, I have no idea what the weight set is, but I am picturing this black and white diagram with arrows and dotted lines and all the nut and like, this is where it's going to go. And, this what's gonna, and you're like,
1: right.
0: what? That is so, so true. And it's, if you have the right frame of mind, you could, I think, if you're surrendered to one step at a time, which is where he wants us to be, then when you see a big picture or have a flash of it, you can appreciate. Yes. Instead of being overwhelmed, you can say, you're going to get me there. Mm -hmm. I don't have to worry about that. You're going to get me there. (laughs) And it's encouraging. He is there. He is unchanging. I love that you said that because this journey can feel very changing.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) And he is, he is that rock. He is that steadiness and that goodness Mm -hmm that just carries us through this has been so good emily i can't even tell you and from one educator to another like i have so many friends who are in education and i want them to hear this and hear you even you know if when they stay in public school because they've been called Mm -hmm. i think it will encourage them and lift them up because it's a hard place to be and that is someone's water that is them stepping out into the water to be in those classrooms and it's hard And so I know that this, what we've shared here is going to serve them well. And those other women who are like, I actually think he's called me to step in a different direction and I'm nervous about that. Thank you for, for sharing vulnerably and um, so openly. I know this serves someone today very well. There's probably somebody sitting there like cutting out lamination, you know, listening to this and thinking, yeah, I need to, I need to find some mentors, pull them around me and start speaking my dream out loud. So that's really what you started with. You spoke it out loud. Yes. And then you had an incredible mother say, why not now? Yeah. Yep. So good. Thank you. Thank you for being you. here today. You're I appreciate welcome. And you know what? I want to come back and have you back on definitely in a year. It could be sooner. You could, I mean, if you reach out to me and you're like, girl, have I got a story for you? I'll be like, let's just, why don't you come on the, on fire starters and tell us about it and give us an update. Cause he, I know he's going to work. Yeah. Love it. Oh, this is.